Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 148th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today Kyle? I'm great Cameron. You know we've been uh, documenting my uh, MLB sh- the show experience True. and uh, thought I would bring everybody one final update Oh, he's retiring. Yeah, well, no, not quite, but okay. maybe me, but not my player. Oh, okay. Um, it's 2026. Wow. And still playing for the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. And I won the Cy Young Award. That's It's incredible. actually my first, uh, first full year in the majors. Wow. Won the Cy Young. And then we went on to win the World Series wow. in seven games. Incredible. And considering it's now July and... NCAA 14 is ordered and on the way to my house. Wow. I think it's time to hang it up on MLB The Show. So Just go out on top. Out on yeah, top. I think yeah. it was just like, I can't really top this, so I think I'm just <laughs> going to be done here. <laughs> All that hard work in the minors paid off, though. It did. And now I have so much to show for it. Instant Hall of Famer after one season. <laughs> Pretty much. Because I was batting, too. I was batting like 400, so I don't oh. think anybody's ever done that. That's pretty good. Wow. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I hope, hope you guys are proud of me and uh, everything I accomplished. Oh, yes, we are. Of course. Um, Kyle, I woke up today. I, I feel like I, there's some karma came my way recently because one day, a couple weeks ago, you spoke on this podcast about your uh, uh, sore in your mouth <laughs> and some kind uh, YouTube commenter gave you some advice on it. And I just kind of made a joke out of it. Um, well, I woke up this morning with quite a bit of poison ivy mm. all over my body mm. so here i am the same spot you were reaching out to the listeners what do i do <laughs> we me, need your health give tips. me some tips on this poison <laughs> ivy i found some spray in the closet i sprayed myself down this morning yeah well so uh i, I would guess don't touch your eyes i don't know if it's i don't know if it's still it, contagious among your body it might be in this room right You're now probably, with us. it's probably growing in here You're now probably breathing it in it's possible. Uh, it's a little good. warm in this room right now, so I can kind of feel it spreading all over my yeah, body I as I it really, speak. It's really transferring over to me. I'm getting a little itchy. Ugh. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> all the listeners are now just like instinctively like scratching themselves. <laughs> just thinking about itchiness. <laughs> well, Kyle, we've got some more re- football recruiting to talk about. Before we do that, though, shout out to everybody on YouTube. We just blasted through 200 YouTube subscribers. Thank you so much, everyone. Our last few videos have been some of our best received videos of all time. Hopefully, we will continue that this week. Um, Don't forget to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us a review on the podcast platform you might be listening on. And don't forget that you can support the podcast directly over on patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Kyle, before we dive into deep into recruiting again um uh, just a couple random little news nuggets um i saw on twitter that kobe whiteside was named third team all america by pro football focus yeah i mean i i know kobe is a good player but that actually surprised me a little bit i mean that's a it's a big honor Mm -hmm. um also news came out that jalen knox uh, is now going to be a member of the ole miss rebels yeah i don't think we play them though for the next couple of years so Good. hopefully you just shouldn't have to run into them wish him the best 
Um, also, big news in the name, image, likeness story. All college players are, as of today, I think, yeah. able to profit on their name, image, and likeness. Just across the board, go. Free for all begins and it starts right now. Yeah, I feel like there's so little, um, I don't know. There's so little instruction for like the other side of things. It's so much, yeah. it just seems like the wild, wild west. I know, I think Louisville put out I a statement that. of like, the, you, you know, these are some guidelines, but I have really thinking of it from a from a business's perspective i don't i mean what do you, do you just straight up like i guess you just dm because that's what everybody's yeah. been saying just dm me about a business opportunity so. every every mizzou player has tweeted out the same like notes app screenshot yes. seems and a little too easy almost uh but some would say that's how it should have been all along yeah reggie bush probably thing. thinks that who reggie bush oh man can you i can't think of anyone who's just like probably hurting more than well i'm sure he's not hurting from it but yeah. you know what i mean he he missed out the most he got his heisman taken away yeah like, that's pretty <laughs> that's significant significant yeah. yeah but yeah he's doing okay he's yeah he'll make it give him his heisman back though honestly i agree um so who are we going to target first with our with some podcast sponsorship <laughs> <laughs> i don't know start going down the mizzou football roster like all right yeah <laughs> We'll see. Get him on the podcast. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, we'll never see. Know. Never know. Um, let's let's jump into some recruiting news. Yeah. Um, the biggest news of the week hasn't dropped yet, but there's been lots of rumblings. There's been some crystal ball switch ups. There's a lot of confidence surrounding two players in particular: offensive lineman from Nebraska, Deshaun Woods, and running back from Texas, Tavoris Jones. And it seems like, and we know both of them are going to announce their decision in the next couple of days, and it's trending Mizzou. I think there's every reason to believe they will be coming to Mizzou, and I'm excited. Yeah, we talked about Tavoris Jones uh, in particular last week about uh, just kind of a four-star running back that just came out of nowhere. Like a guy I personally, you know, I follow recruiting pretty closely, and a guy I'd never heard of um, before about two weeks ago. Um, Mizzou missed out on a couple of their running back targets that they were in on uh, in CJ Stokes and Joseph Hyman and a couple of other ones that, like a transfer that they didn't get so uh, Coach Drinkwitz just went out and said well I'm going to find uh, a guy that is in Texas that Texas over recruited a little bit and I think uh, Tavoris Jones I, somehow they made the connection they got him on campus within about a week and he is announcing tomorrow, which I guess by the time most of you hear this, will be to, it'll be today, so it'll be Friday, that Tavoris Jones is announcing his uh, where he's going to go to go to college, and yeah, I mean, watching his film, man, he is, just, I mean, very good size and speed. He's like I said, four star running back from El Paso, Texas. Um, he's 5'11", 205, and that's pretty good size for a high school running back. He's shifty. He'll run over you. He, he'll outrun you. I personally like his film better than any of the guys that Mizzou was on before right. him. That's yeah. the craziest part. That was confusing to me. It's like, okay, well, I guess this is a pretty good consolation prize. Where, yeah. Like if you stack them up side by side, is there a difference? Maybe like you could easily argue that this is the better prospect of the three. I 100% agree. And I, and I, I really think that, and I think that you know, later in the, on in this episode, we're going to take stock of some of the some of the guys that M Missouri has on campus now, as in as I guess freshmen mm -hmm. um, that just hit campus in the last month. And there's two running backs, and honestly, I think Tavoris Jones, his film is up there, maybe even better than two of the running backs that are that are on campus right now as freshmen. So, but we'll get to that. 
So um, I, I think very highly of, of DeVorce Jones. I think um, when he, assu- uh, we're assuming he's going to commit to Mizzou um, on Friday. Um, that's that's a big get. That's a top 250 national recruit. And I just, I think this is a testament to the staff and their awareness of his situation. Because clearly a guy that probably wanted to go to Texas and they were full and they just acted really really quickly yeah um i believe this would be the only the second four star or better running back from outside the state of missouri or kansas to commit to missouri the only other one was demaria crockett that worked out pretty well um jones has two crystal ball predict predictions right now in 24 7 sports they're both to missouri and they're both a seven out of ten confidence level so the experts this close to commitment are predicting Missouri. Um, some of the writers and talking heads surrounding Mizzou, I guess that's us, are predicting um, <laughs> are predicting him to pick Missouri. So, yeah, I definitely feel like he's going to pick the Tigers, and I'm excited. Yeah, considering he was on an official visit last weekend and then pretty much just immediately fresh off that visit, decided to announce his commitment and um, I'm not really even sure who his other schools would be that he's deciding between because I just really think he's he's pretty honed in on Missouri. So yeah, his offer list is interesting. I mean, twenty four seven Sports says he has offers from Alabama, Penn State, among others, and that interest was warm with Missouri, Alabama, and Penn State. Sounds pretty good. So uh, yep, expect some good news from him on Friday. Then the other player is Deshaun Woods, another player that we've talked about before on the podcast. Um, Number 150 in the national rankings for his class, four-star offensive lineman from Nebraska, the number one player in the state of Nebraska. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, I can't imagine, I mean, I, I didn't do any research on this, but I can't imagine there's too many top players from Nebraska leaving the state, um, but maybe it's maybe more so in the last five to 10 years, but I still think this is uh would be a pretty big get and I feel I still feel pretty good about Deshaun Woods and, and him coming to Mizzou, but there's probably a little bit more um there's a little bit uh less of a chance, I guess, than Tavoris Jones, but not a whole lot. He's deciding between Mizzou and Arizona State um on noon noon on Saturday. But again, he recently visited on an official visit. Um Things seem to be trending pretty well. He was a guy who maybe his recruitment was a little bit quieter throughout the process. Didn't really know a whole lot about um, where he stood really until recently. But, um, you know, Arizona State, cool place to go, I'm sure. Um, probably a pretty cool campus. Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards. There's, We've got some there's, uh, NCAA investigations happening yes, there's, right now. There's some, some attractive things. Violations. There's some attractive things about Arizona State, and then there's some unattractive things about Arizona State. And that's definitely one of them. And I don't know all of the details, but it sounds like they're in a little bit of hot water with uh, some recruiting violations. So, I mean, me personally, I'm not sure that's a place I want to yeah, steer clear of those violations. Right, Deshaun? Places. Yeah, Man. just come on home. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, 6'5", 300 pounds, offensive tackle. Uh, watching his film, he's got a nice big frame, very mobile feet. And, I mean, obviously that's something you have to have as an offensive tackle to get out in the pass game and, and – uh, and uh, be, be able to move laterally but I mean he looks like he has just good size that he could probably even add on a little bit more weight and still be able to to keep that good movement so there's a reason he's ranked so highly 
another out-of-state four-star player that seems to be seriously considering Missouri. Um, and again, 24-7 crystal ball has him 75% to Missouri, including a prediction from lead expert on 24-7 sports, Steve Wiltfong. Mm. Um, and he gives it a 8 out of 10 high confidence rating. Wow. That's just... And I think he just made uh, his prediction in the last couple of days, yeah. made that public. So he's like, you know, 96% accurate on his um, crystal ball prediction. That's pretty good. Yeah. With like hundreds every year. So he, yeah, pretty yeah. solid prediction there. But again, this one, yeah, is a little bit more open because it does seem like Arizona State is still active in the recruitment. But um, I think we're going to get both of these guys. I think so. Think they're gonna be think they're gonna be college teammates working so, together a lot. Going into like before either one of these announcements happen, um, you know, a couple weeks ago we were talk we were pretty excited. Missouri was like top ten, top fifteen nationally in team recruiting rankings on twenty four seven Sports and Rivals, uh, right around that level. Some other teams have passed Missouri in the last couple weeks. They've reeled in some recruits and that's dropped Missouri down to twenty sixth in the rankings nationally however i did some little calculations on 24 7 sports class calculator and if they land deshaun woods and tavoris jones first of all those players would be the number two and number three highest ranked players in the class only behind sam horn and it would move missouri up to 11th in the national recruiting rankings mm and so just barely outside the top 10 and then if i look at the sec rankings missouri would be fourth right behind lsu georgia and texas a&m so ahead of alabama which is kind of cool now of course this got me excited and i wanted to just maybe like type in a, a, a somebody else's name and maybe <laughs> hit calculate one more time so i typed in luther burden i'm gonna do that right now just to see what would happen here and that would jump us up to sixth in the country in recruiting rankings and in the sec third behind lsu in georgia but it's worth noting lsu in particular as far as like uh sec teams they are just destroying it yeah. In recruiting right now. Missouri with Deshaun Woods, Tavares Jones, and Luther Burden would have a team score of 207. Would put a sixth. Okay. Would be, you know, the best recruiting class Missouri's ever had. LSU right now is sitting at 220. Just a pedestrian 220. Ohio State, 274. It's not fair. That's a level like we it's you can't even like imagine how many amazing players that is. We've never seen anything close to that. Like we're flirting with the best recruiting class in Mizzou history, potentially. And it's gonna be like the difference between like top ten, fringe top ten, and like the top three schools in the class is night and day. I never really thought about it that way. It's insane yeah. how how far away the, the top of the top is from the rest of the pack. And, and we're talking about um, with 
Jones, the running back from Texas, we're talking about Texas uh, recruiting over him, mm-hmm. which seems crazy, like four-star running back from your home state. Yeah. But right now, Texas, even with their lack of on-field success recently, sitting at a recruiting score of 199, which is good for sixth in the country right now. So these teams just get whoever they want, basically. And, you know, when when LSU is their only competition for particular players is like Georgia, Alabama, some of these other just monster recruiting schools, then that just shows you that these teams are just in another league Mm -hmm. with recruiting. Yeah, and recruiting doesn't always translate exactly how you think it will, but for the most part, it it does. When you get when you get the especially when you're stacking those kind of classes on top of each other every yeah. year or consecutive years, yeah. it makes a difference. Yeah, when that when that's all you know how to do is recruit five star players, then yeah, you're gonna it's gonna turn into success. You may not not every year be competing for a national championship, but you're gonna be at least competing for your conference mm. or your division year in year out every single time well-oiled machine oh man so for every time we get excited you gotta kind of you know take stock of where missouri still sits nationally and uh, but anything we can do to get close to those type of teams is hey but we're gonna develop talent better than anyone right we we are gonna do a pretty good job (laughs) we're gonna do a pretty good job and uh perfect segue that starts with the incoming freshman we got to develop these guys, and hopefully some of them will get some playing time. If not, we'll redshirt them, try to keep them in the program, and they will be contributors down the line. So, um, yeah, you take it away, Kyle, however you want to organize this. We're going to talk about um, close to 10 to a dozen players real quick. We're going to focus on the offense today, incoming offensive players that are going to be freshmen this year and look at maybe who will be have the most impact and um people that you need to keep an eye on i've got some questions for you specifically after we talk about all the players so yeah take it away yeah so this is the um 2021 class and on rivals uh i believe i saw this correctly this seems higher than i remember but on rivals this says the 2021 class was ranked 20th uh, for some reason, I thought it was like mid twenties or upper twenties, but I've got them at twenty seven on twenty four seven sports. Okay, so it's in the twenties range. That's that's pretty good. Um, it was clear that looking at this whole list of all the of this whole class and all the guys that just came on campus um, in June, it was definitely a defensive heavy class. So we'll have we're going to cover defense next week. So there was probably I don't know fifteen or more defensive guys they brought in uh, in this class just because of the need probably, but. We're going to talk about offense today. Um, and so first of all, I guess we'll just talk about Tyler Macon. And a couple of these guys are all, have already been on campus since January. Yeah. So obviously you guys are really familiar with Tyler Macon at this point. Um, and there's probably not a whole lot more we can we can talk about him at this point. But he's uh, six foot 180 from East St. Louis. He was a four-star quarterback. We know that the, the quarterback room is, is a little jam-packed with talent right now. And then they've got Sam Horn coming in next year. So... It's a it's a pretty full room, and you know I'm I think Tyler Macon's really talented. Um, I'm not sure what the path to playing time is going to look like for all of these individual players because obviously not everyone is probably going to get to get the chance to play. But I still I still love Tyler Macon as a player. I love what he represents, just kind of 
as the leader of this class coming from St. Louis and being influential with other recruits. And I would definitely say he probably had some pull in, in Mookie Cooper coming on over and Dominic Lovett, which we're going to talk about in a minute as well. So, um, I don't know. You, you got to love Tyler Macon as a Mizzou fan, whether he ends up having a great career or not at Mizzou, that's yet to be seen. I've kind of, in my head, I've kind of had Tyler Macon as like, um, you have to just go with me here, like the anti-James Foster. So like, uh, if, for those that don't remember, James Foster was a quarterback commit uh, years ago that I was super excited about. And he was seemed like energized about the program. and was like trying, he was from alabama yeah somewhere in the south i think and he was like actively trying to get other players to come to mizzou it seemed like he was active on social media and stuff i think and he then, said he was he was infamously like 110 percent committed exactly. or something he did one of those over 100 yes. percent committed ones and then uh sure enough he decommitted went to texas a&m i think he's still there but i don't, he, I don't know i'm pretty sure he was committed to several different places maybe florida state maybe spent some time there for a while i don't know but anyway, I, point well this taken. is like the opposite of that, where yes. the guy, you know, up to a point, they were kind of the same, you know, active yeah. on social media, trying to get other players to join them at Missouri. And a four-star quarterback in the Barry Odom era was, I mean, that was big time. That right. was, he was really playing with our hearts there for a while. Exactly. So similar situation here. We've got like a highly ranked quarterback prospect. Um, it's worth being very excited about and electric playmaker in high school and getting his buddies to maybe come to Mizzou too. But he's here. He mm-hmm. has, he's on campus. He's enrolled. He played in the spring game. Oh, yep. Like there's no, there's no, like how the playing time and everything shakes out from here on out. That's going to be a mystery a little bit. Maybe I'll press you for a prediction here later. But, um, yeah, he's on the team. Like there's no, he's, he's all in as of right now. So that's why I think of him as like the anti James Foster. Just like yeah, did he's the opposite basically. He's doing exactly everything he's supposed to do, and I think that. Enrolling in the spring is such a big thing for some of the freshmen that are coming in. I think that just gives them such a huge step up on on the other guys coming in. I mean, they're teammates, but a lot of the, I mean, in some ways, these guys are competing against each other for for playing time, and that's why they're there. So, getting a leg up on 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 the teammates and kind of getting in front of the coaches and getting to work out in the program that's a big deal. So, we'll talk about another guy um, that also enrolled in the spring, and that's Dominic Lovett, and of course teammate of Tyler Macon in high school so obviously those guys are close and Dominic Lovett was originally committed to UCLA I believe and then he ended up flipping to Mizzou kind of late in the process so he's a 5'10 175 pound wide receiver four star and um, again he played in a spring game and I wasn't it's kind of sometimes it's hard to to read where guys are going to be able to make an impact when they first get to campus but I definitely think Dominic Lovett has impressed, and I, I think he's got a shot to not only play significantly this year, but really make an impact um, in the wide receiver room. He was committed to Arizona State. Arizona State. Okay, so he had a high school teammate, I believe, that went to UCLA. Maybe I'm, I was confusing the two of those guys. Um, Dominic he, Lovett. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, he heard about the recruiting allegations yeah. and got out. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he was one of the players that was brought on campus when they weren't supposed to have players <laughs> maybe on. Maybe so. Um, uh, I've on this podcast. I've often cited twenty four seven Sports national recruiting analyst Alan Triu um, with his sort of evaluation. And Missouri doesn't get a lot of guys that are good enough to get an official evaluation from him on their website. So when they do, I like to point it out. Um, he has Dominic Lovett listed, projected out to be 
a NFL draft pick in the four to seven round region, and he compares him to NFL wide receiver Randall Cobb as that type of athlete. Yeah, I mean that that makes a lot of sense. Kind of a, a slot guy, maybe kind of a. I, I mean, he'll in college he'll probably be all over the place, but maybe taking some shorter passes and some quick passes. Um, he's very very fast good hand so that's a, i like that comparison a lot he specifically says that he plays faster in games than he's going to measure in mm. you know official that seems good measurements yeah so that's very exciting all right we will move on to a couple of running backs here uh first one we're going to talk about is bj harris and he is 5'10, 185 from chattanooga tennessee and he was like the one guy who didn't sign in December and we were like a little bit nervous about what was going on and I'm not sure I ever really heard what was going on but he ended up signing in February he uh, made it to campus in, in June and um, we I talked about we talked about Tavoris Jones a few minutes ago I honestly think I probably like Tavoris Jones film even better than than BJ Harris and, and Taj Butts but I still Still really like what BJ Harris brings to the table. I think he, he's an explosive athlete and um, he's a little, I don't know if a bigger back is the right word, but I mean, I definitely think that he won't shy away from, um, I don't know, from what am I trying contact. to say here? From contact. That's the, that's a good word I'm trying to think of here. And, but he ultimately though, I think he's, he's shifty enough to where he sometimes won't even have to shy away from contact because you're just going to miss. And I think he can get pretty involved in the pass game potentially as well so definitely a well-rounded athlete anything to add no all right we'll move on to Taj Taj Butts and uh he is a 5'11 190 pound running back from St. Louis uh Desmet. and I definitely um I think of Taj Butts as maybe I don't know if he'll be as involved in the pass game, but he's kind of, I think Taj Butts and BJ Harris can kind of complement one another a little bit where Butts is probably might be on the ground a little bit more. Might They might use him on the goal line some, but, and obviously same, it's the same situation with that we talked about with Tyler Macon. I mean, we, we're bringing in probably two running backs every single year. Not everybody's mm-hmm. going to be able to play, but wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised to see either one of these guys uh, definitely make an impact at some point. Yeah, it's, I mean, two three-star players, one from the state of Missouri, um, one a neighboring state in Tennessee, and running back is just one of those positions where you just have to fill up the room every year. You have to bring in more guys because there's going to be, you know, players that fall out of favor or just aren't as good as advertised, and you got to have fresh bodies ready to step in, and it's a position where you're going to probably play three guys mm. every year. And with the new red shirt rules, it's, it's interesting because you can get those players into four different games and let them try stuff out and see how it goes I and still save, save a year of eligibility. But, um, yeah, I, I just think the more players in that regard, the better. Yeah, and I think Mizzou's been pretty fortunate the last few years with like health of running backs. Uh, Larry Roundtree was kind of a kind of a tank. He seemed to never get injured or anything. And t- same with Tyler Beatty. Uh, both of those guys have stayed really healthy. So there hasn't been a whole lot of running back uh, turnover or anything in the last few years. There's just kind of always been that third running back that hasn't really been relied on too much, but gets opportunities here and there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's maybe where a couple of these guys could. And there's other running backs already on the roster that are going to 
all those guys are going to be fighting for kind of that third spot, I think, behind uh, Beatty and... Uh, Elijah Young. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot more uncertainty in the running back room this year, and there definitely could be like three running backs used consistently as opposed to last year where there was mainly one and a little right. bit of Tyler Beatty. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll move on to tight ends, and we'll talk about Ryan... Horstcamp, and he's a 6'4", 225-pound tight end from Washington, Missouri. And I remember this being pretty big at the time, and um, I'm, I don't really feel like his, his rankings reflect how good of a player he is and how intense his recruitment got. I mean, I'm pretty sure we were fighting off Alabama there um, to, to land him, so um, that was definitely a big deal. And um, I, he, he enrolled in the spring as well, so he played in the spring game, um, had a couple of targets in that game. So I definitely think um, he's got the potential to be very well-rounded. I think he can receive. I think he can be a good blocking uh, tight end. He's a really good athlete, so definitely excited about what he can bring to the table. The other tight end is Gavin McKay, and he's also 6'4", 215 from Memphis, Tennessee. And I think of Gavin McKay as a little bit more of a receiving threat. I think he's very athletic and, and good route runner, and um, which is something that, honestly, I'm not really sure we have on the team right now. I mean, I obviously, tight ends, we have some tight ends that can catch passes, but he might come in and immediately be one of the most athletic tight ends we have. I don't know if he'll see playing time immediately because I feel like a lot of times tight ends just take a little bit longer to develop and, yeah. and get where they need to be. Unless you're Alberto. Unless you're Alberto, yeah. <laughs> But um, if he can develop into a nice pass catcher, I, I definitely think that that would be, I mean, he'll be utilized a lot. I feel like there's even more, uh, there's far and away more question marks and intrigue around the tight end position for this upcoming season than there is at running back or wide receiver. Yeah. Because, I don't know, we just need, I mean, Daniel Parker Jr. does his thing and he does it really well, but we need that more dynamic receiving threat to emerge at tight end mm-hmm. pretty desperately honestly yeah i exactly daniel parker jr not really receiving threat consistently he can catch the ball but he's not gonna go catch 10 touchdowns or anything like alberto yeah um messiah swinton was a guy that's been in the program for a couple years but has been hurt and hasn't really emerged as maybe we thought he would but he might be the guy that that has that chance to do that this year uh but gavin mckay definitely i i definitely see a path for him to make a difference at some point uh, all right, we'll move on to the offensive line, and we've got Connor Tollison, who is a 6'5", 285-pound lineman from Jackson, Missouri. And honestly, I kind of put him in the same boat as, as Huerce Camp, where uh, yeah, he's, just a th- he's a three-star on Rivals, but his offer list is four or five-star. And he had Alabama in pursuit like the week he committed. And Yeah, getting him on board when we did, I think, was huge yeah. because there's a – decent and maybe he was just like locked in on mizzou the whole time and we didn't need to worry but i think if his recruitment dragged on much longer then it would have been really hard to keep him mm-hmm. keep him home yeah and he really shut it down too i mean once yeah. he committed it didn't really seem to waver or there was there was nothing that came up at all after that um and then lastly but definitely not least on the offensive line we got our guy Jamarion Gooch. Gooch. <laughs> 6'8", 340 from Seymour, Tennessee. 
I just also realized that every single player we talked about, every every offensive player in the 2021 class is from either Missouri or Tennessee. Wow. Wow. Tennessee, the pipeline. The pipeline. But uh, Mr. Gooch, he's uh, he's very large and very. I mean, he's he's got a chance to to be pretty special if he if he can. Um, convert into that athleticism on the field and i would assume you'd probably play on the interior somewhere but man i mean we've got some bodies on the offensive line what what do you have his measurables at six eight three forty yeah uh 24 7 says six seven and a half three fifty eight oh my <laughs> yeah i mean this is this is his high school profile too yeah. and so obviously i mean who knows what he is now these these measurables were probably taken over a year ago yeah, I, I'm interested to see He's, what his official Mizzou... It, actually, he will be fascinating to see how his body develops in his time at Missouri because offensive linemen especially can see some pretty big fluctuations in their weight during their college career. Because mm-hmm. if they're not going to play a ton early, I feel like a lot of coaches and like strength and condition, conditioning coaches will want them to maybe slim down a little bit and yeah. then bulk back up with more muscle for sure and so if he's not uh needing to be relied on day one then i can really see them getting to work on his physique and just like transforming him into an absolute monster physically i looked him up on mizzou's football roster and this says six seven three seventy my gosh holy cow what a beast that's incredible yeah definitely seems like uh, a candidate to probably take a year or two to kind of fine-tune his body and and make sure it's where they want it to be but man if they can if they can get it to where they want it to be and 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 make sure he um maintains some of that athleticism yeah good watch out yeah and then speaking of uh offensive line i mean we'll just go ahead there's a there's a couple of transfers um that i guess weren't officially in the 2021 class but they're newcomers but though. came in with those guys and we'll just touch on another offensive lineman and that is ej nadoma ogar and he transferred from oklahoma so former like four-star recruit um, originally from texas spent one year i believe at oklahoma and then transferred over to missouri so i believe he's gonna have four years of eligibility um that's a 6'3 330 pound offensive lineman so again just assembling an absolute beast of a line here potentially and, for and Missouri's future. offensive line size wise hasn't been lacking in recent years right um I feel like the Barry Odom and staff did a pretty good job of realizing like we have to step up our defensive and offensive line recruiting to match what's going on in the SEC mm-hmm. and I think maybe Missouri's offensive line while they played really really well in the early days of the SEC they were a little bit undersized mm-hmm. for SEC play and that has not been the case the last couple seasons. Yeah, obviously, when we came into the SEC, we had some of the best offensive linemen we've we've had and defensive linemen we've had in a long time, but um, I agree. I think we probably needed to change our recruiting strategy a little bit, um, and I think that— You're not always going to find those—I mean, that was just kind of like a yeah. special situation that Missouri had some kind of undersized offensive linemen that were just— excellent they you know developed, nfl caliber players yeah, by the end of their career developed them so well that was definitely a staple of gary pinkle and uh if you can't trust yourself to develop them then yeah you're gonna have to yeah. bring them in at the sides that need to be or at right. least close to it yeah uh all right and then the very last guy we'll talk about um as a transfer 
that's coming in with this class is uh, Mookie Cooper, a guy, he, a name you probably know pretty well at this point. You think he'll see the field much? I think he'll see the field. He played in the spring game, so he's been here for six months. Uh, just a just a decent player, just a former. I don't know. He might have been a five star. I don't know, like, but he was borderline four to five, kind of right on that cutoff. Yeah, most so, places had him as a four. Yeah, so uh, but yeah, went to Ohio State. Um, got recruited over. At, I mean, we just earlier talked about Ohio Ohio State's recruiting rankings and how it's just mind boggling how many good players they get every year. So there's going to be some atrophy there. And Missouri was on the receiving end of that. He transferred back home. Yeah, and seemed pretty deliberate. Like. Uh, very seemed pretty quick yeah once he was out of ohio state he was at mizzou pretty quickly and we probably have coach Drinkwitz and also maybe tyler macon and dominic lovett to thank for that he seems very bought in his family seems very pro mizzou like they are excited that he's going to be close to home seeing the field a lot you know making plays obviously i'm excited for that we talked about him a lot um i'm sure there's an episode back a ways with his name on in the title where we broke down his decision to come to Missouri but uh as far as him this season on the field I think it's just really I've said how excited I am probably 15 different times this episode but um it's going to be really intriguing to see what they do with him on the field he can literally line up everywhere including the backfield and he's fast enough to play outside he's a good enough route runner to play in the slot you could literally hand the ball off to him up the middle if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely um, think he will be a little bit of a Swiss army knife, maybe a little bit kind of like Jalen Knox was used last year where exactly he'll play outside. He'll play in the slot. He'll start in the backfield. He'll be doing uh, some Tyreek Hill, like mm. back and forth pre-snap motion. I'm sure they'll, they'll have him running all over the place. So I agree. That's, that's going to be exciting. And, and he's just, into the uh, end zone. yes. And I mean, when you look at the the current starters who we anticipate to start, probably Kiki Chisholm and Toski Dove. I mean, Mookie Cooper will just it just brings something totally different than mm-hmm. those other two guys bring, yeah. and um, just probably incredible speed that we probably haven't seen in a while. So yeah, that'll be exciting and just a perfect uh, example of a talent talented guy from in state that just I think is going to be able to. He, I you know he went off to Ohio State but decided to come back and I think he he's going to be happy with his decision to stay home and play for the home state I just can't help but smile when I look at his uh, picture on the recruiting page when I think about him being a part of the program I don't know make me happy make me smile (laughs) very happy and it's good precedent I mean like obviously he hasn't played an actual game yet but man just he just like never plays he just like (laughs) after we hype him up he never sees the field that yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Depressing. Yeah, in the spring game, it definitely felt like Basilak was looking his way yeah. a lot. And I, I obviously that was the spring game. That means very little, and it's basically a practice. But it felt like he was already looking like his safety valve a little bit, where mm. he was almost his first read on a lot of plays. I'm ready for it. I'm, ready. I'm here for it. I'm here Is for that, it. that all the players coming in on That's offense? all the players on mm. offense, unless I miss somebody. I, I believe that's it. It was, like I said, very defensive-heavy class. So we'll have a lot – a lot more names to talk about next week defensive heavy class but that's a solid group that is that's even without mookie cooper because he was not like a you know standard recruit for that class right that's and um, i mean there just wasn't a whole i mean you think about the the makeup of the offense right now there's not a whole lot of immediate needs in in certain areas so these guys fill roles that will be opening up in a couple of years not necessarily immediately right yeah i think uh 
offensive line maybe is a little bit of a question mark coming into the season we'll do more roster previews and stuff a little bit closer to uh, the season starting but um you can't fix the current offensive line with the with the um, incoming freshman this season right um that's just a position that takes more time so if you're looking for some instant impact on the offensive line it's probably not going to be there so yeah um hopefully somebody that's already here will step up on at that position specifically that all for this week said you had some questions for me or something well yeah or did we, we already we kind talk, of we covered we, them we kind of covered them as we go through um who do you think um do you think any of these players uh, not talking about mookie cooper and pretty much you can well mention dominic love it if you want he do you think any players like him will not even be considered for a red shirt and will play you know in six or eight games this year or contribute significantly maybe even if it's on special teams um yeah or do you think pretty much all these players are candidates for redshirt i think everybody is yeah i don't probably not love it like you said probably not love it in in mookie cooper but everybody else i would say if i had to guess they'd probably redshirt if i had to guess one guy that maybe won't is probably ryan horsecamp just because i think the tight end room has a little bit more uncertainty and he um was here in the spring so he's been in the program for a little bit i think that he might be able to to get some enough playing time to where he would shed the shirt if you will but i would say for the most part most of these guys are probably looking at a looking at a red shirt does tyler macon start take the first snap of any game this season Hmm. i'll say no okay i tend to agree with you there does tyler macon get a snap in more than four games this this season i'll say no mm. more than four games so yeah. that means he so would have, he would he have would to lose the red shirt yeah i say no i think it's very likely he gets action in exactly four games yeah yeah i mean absolutely would love to see him come in and if there's some blowout games which i hope there are would love to see him get in there and and uh run around a little bit and throw some passes obviously in the spring game that was he was pretty mobile so he can that's something he can do man i've got uh i want to just keep talking about the quarterback position but we got to save some of that for closer to the season starting got to save it all right now i'm done that's all my questions okay yeah exciting stuff um be on the lookout probably on twitter and stuff this weekend devoris jones announcing on friday deshaun woods on saturday and then uh always um thinking about Ahmad Robinson as well. I don't know if he's named a specific announcement date, but the the cornerback from East St. Louis who has very strong ties with Luther Burden, I think he's pretty much a Mizzou lock. I think it's mainly a matter of, of when he announces, not if, to the, to the good guys. So we're ready. A couple of guys to keep an eye on. It's going to be a good weekend. Have a happy 4th of July, America. Mm. All right. That's all I got for him. Find us on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week after some recruiting wins. <laughs>